uh, youth group and uh, preteen class this Thursday, May 25th. That's right, yeah. Come join us with Matt and Amanda and uh, Jane and Isabella. Uh, men's breakfast Saturday, May 27th at Black Bear Diner. You don't want to miss that. Um, we have a few life groups continuing during the summer. Our Spanish life group is continuing, so if you want to come to uh, Spanish life group. I even had somebody say, Pastor, I don't really speak Spanish, but I would like to just go and hang out. Yeah, that, that's an amazing thing. So I said, you know what? Go right ahead. And so um, we'll see what happens uh, with that. If you'd like to go to that Bible study, uh, join our brothers and sisters there at their study. Uh, Bill and uh, Cole, uh, or Joan, are, are continuing theirs Thursday night, 630. And then we also have our Tuesday morning life group that met at 10 a.m. We'll be meeting here at the church. Someone say, at the church. Um, at 10 a.m., uh, during the summer on Wednesdays, yes, and um, we'll be having someone lead that, so I'm very excited. Uh, Gerald Rowland, who knows Miss Anita? Who knows, who knows Miss Anita? Raise your hand, you know Miss Anita. Miss Anita's husband will be leading that Bible study. Very excited for that, um, and so uh, we have a team fundraiser car wash June 3rd. Come and get your car cleaned. Come and get your car washed, and and uh, buy some amazing food. It's going to be an awesome time uh, to help our teens go to the Nazarene Youth Conference. And that will be from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, can I get a drum roll on this one? I need a drum roll on this one. Please, please. We got to work on that, but it's okay. <laughs> July 2nd. Who's seen the movie Jesus Revolution? Who has seen the movie Jesus Revolution? Jesus Revolution, if you haven't seen the movie, it's a pretty cool movie. But anyways, the gentleman that's in there, the main, the, the, the artist from Love Song, the main guy who, on, on the couch in that scene who was singing, in, in real life, he's coming to our church to worship Jesus. What an honor, what a blessing it is to have Chuck Gerard and his group come. Love Song from uh, Jesus Revolution. They're going to be coming to our church July 2nd. So not only are we going to honor Jesus, we're going to honor and thank God for our country and for the people that we are, the community that we are, and, um, and how our country is a diverse country, and our church is diverse, and we're, we have the freedom to worship Jesus, and we're going to be rocking out with an old hippie uh, called Chuck Gerard. all right? Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. Um, and then after that, we'll be having our barbecue, our Independence Day barbecue, July 2nd at 5 p.m. at Les, Les Hicks Junior Park. And um, you have, you got my word, you got my word on this, everybody. You got my word, and I'm so glad you girls are excited. You got my word on this. The tri-tip last year was a little scarce. This year, I'm doubling it. Okay, so the tri-tip, and I, I might even throw some carne asada in there, okay? So if you guys want some of that, we do some of that. And then, of course, we got to have the ribs, Okay. All right. Okay. I think that's it. Moving on to something that was just powerful and amazing. Um, I'm a little tired. We just got back from, uh, we left Friday to San Diego uh, and uh, to go to the regionals. Our kids went, we took six kids to quiz, um, to Bible quizzing. It's like a competition. And uh, we left Friday, and then we came back. We got back in town last night. What was it? What time was it? 2.30. I think we went to bed at like 3.30. So I'm a little tired this morning, but it was all worth it because our kids got, out of 11 teams, fourth place. So I would like our quizzers to come right here and stand right here with me. Right here. Right here. Why don't you scoot down a little bit, Taylor? We get some room. There we go. Thanks, young man. Can you scoot down? Scoot down. There we go. There we go. And then Carlson and Isabella are going to give the, uh, their trophies that they worked so hard for and deserve. Can we get a quick, let's get a quick picture. We can get a quick picture. 
Yes, thank you. Thank you for standing up for these kids. They deserve every single bit of it. I'm so proud of them. I am so proud of them. Amen. Amen. You guys may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. And I got to say, too, what better people like Carlos and Isabella? Oh, you got something to say, Mateo? Okay, one second. One second. Thank you, guys. Man, they beat me to it. Thank you, guys. You might be seated. Thank you. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, I am so, we're so blessed that our kids uh, did such a wonderful job. I want to encourage you, if you have children and you want them to be in the quizzing, um, yes, it could be a little time-consuming every now and then, but um, it's so worth it. It really is. And what's amazing is these kids are just falling more in love with the word. But my thing is to them, what I always tell them is it's one thing to have the word of God right here and to know everything. It's another thing to put it into action. It's another thing to have it in your heart. Because I knew a lot of kids growing up in church, they, they, knew, all the, they knew all the answers, but it was never in here. They were just always going through the motions. And my prayer and my hope is that our kids don't just have it here, but it bleeds down into here and it comes out to the world. Amen. Amen. And I have to say it is because if I could just share something with you real quick, to give God praise. Our kids, um, as you know, are going to be going to the World Quiz in Indianapolis. Yes. And uh, so I, I'll, I will never forget Mateo when we told him. And you have to understand a little backstory. Mateo, uh, Jim, and Cherie, who's been doing quizzing for 40 years, 40 years quizzing. Um, so either the ministry's been perfect for them or they got some backbone. They got some, they got some hard skin. Can somebody say amen? I, 40 years here, Jim is up here. He's in pain, his knees hurting, he's, he's swelling, he's not feeling well, but he's pouring out his heart to these kids in their last quiz here locally. And he sees something in the kids. Still, 40 years later, instead of just writing them off, saying, okay, good job, guys, let's go. No, he tells Mateo, you know what? I believe in you. You can go to World Quiz. You can do something. And it reminded me of the movie October Sky where there was a teacher who taught these kids and all these kids, the history of this town, they all were coal miners. But there was something in this teacher through all her years said, no, I believe that someone could do something great. And there's nothing wrong with being a coal miner, but I believe these kids can go and do something above that. And Jim, 40 years into this, still looking at the kids saying, I believe in you. You could do something great with your life. And so he told Mateo that. And Mateo said, Dad, guess what Jim told me? I said, what? He said, I can go to World Quiz. And I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, that's awesome. I'm thinking, man. That's a lot of money. I don't know. And then he says, Dad, all, and you have to understand, Mateo is a saver. He saves all his money. He said, Dad, I'll, I'll pay. I want to go, but I want my team to go with me. So I'll do whatever it takes so we can raise money so my friends can go. And so when we told Mateo the news, you would have thought this kid just seen Jesus. He got up and he said, what? What? We're like, dude, calm down. Calm down, Mateo. He was hyperventilating. But all these kids were that excited when they found out. That's the love they have. So again, I want to I just encourage you, if you have any children, grandchildren, and they want to come to quizzing, this is an amazing time. It's a beautiful time. Um, so we thank God for that. Amen. Um, before we go into our time of giving, thank you, Mateo. But 18 years ago, 18 years ago, uh, besides me giving my life to Jesus Christ when I was five, uh, best decision of my life, I asked uh, Ricky to marry me. And 18 years, yes. And today, that's today. 
Uh, this time, 18 years ago, I remember 18 years ago at this time, I was sweating, I was nervous. You have to understand, I never kissed a girl. Uh, I never, you never dated a girl. I was, I was nervous, I was a wreck. I asked my dad and mom, I said, can you guys please kiss so I can look and see how you, how you guys do it, you know? Because I was so nervous, I was just, I was, but I was so excited and, and um, so it's been, it's been eight months for me, it's been 80 years for her, but uh, I thank God for the 18 years. And um, we thank God. amen, thank you, amen, hallelujah. Well, we're gonna go in our time of giving and offering and so I'd like Pastor Barb to come up and uh, give a word of encouragement. And um, speaking of Barb, she's coming up. I so thank our sister for her faithfulness and love to the house of God. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, everybody. Also, I want to say happy anniversary to two great people. Happy anniversary. I know that we've all heard the verse that God uh, loves a cheerful giver, but did you know that in Isaiah 30, 43, verse 19, he says, I am doing a new thing. God is always doing a new thing. We're not sure what that is sometimes but he's up to something. And so we want to be a part of that by giving. We can give above our tithe. Did you know that? <laughs> tithe is a word that means 10th. So God asks us to give 10% of what we earn back to him. But we can go ahead and give more than that because he does love a cheerful giver. And I'm reminded that our children can use your help so you can give to the fund so that they will have enough money to go to World Quiz. What an honor. I'm just overwhelmed with joy for them. You can give because God says he loves you because of it. And so with all of that said, if you'll bow your heads, we'll ask God to bless what we give this morning. Remember, there's three ways we make it easy for you. You can put a check or cash in the back there in the box. You can mail it in. You can go online if you'd rather do it that way. And so as we bow before you, Lord, we thank and praise you for what you're doing and what you're about to do. You always are one step or 10 steps ahead of us and how thankful we are that we have you to serve. And Lord, we're reminded that it takes money to do ministry. And so will you bless each and every giver and each and every gift that arrives here at Home Church of the Nazarene so that we can continue to be a beacon of light up here on the hill on El Rancho. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for blessing this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Worship team, please come up. Who's ready to worship Jesus this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. There is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Demons flee at the name of Jesus. When you speak Jesus, you can speak Muhammad, Buddha, Mari Krishna, nothing happens. Matter of fact, the world don't get upset, but you speak the name of Jesus Christ and demons start getting very uncomfortable. Amen, amen. So I don't know about you, but sometimes it's okay to get upset when you can get upset at the devil. It's okay to uh, tick him off. So this morning, that's exactly what we're gonna do as we sing and worship the creator, the king of kings, and the lord of lords, the god of heaven, and the universe this morning. I poder, I poder. I poder, poder, sin igual poder, en Jesús, quien murió, I poder. 
give God praise this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. There is power. Let me tell you about 
just told someone about Jesus lately. Can you, be, can you imagine having the ability and the knowledge to know how to fix a light or be an electrician? And somebody calls you up and says, or don't even call you, you see the light not working. The neighbor across the street has been without light for many years. And you see them using the candles. And and because you know what it means to be an electrician and how to do it, you go and help them out. I don't think we would say, you know, I'm just not feeling it today. I'm too nervous, too embarrassed. So again, it's one thing to know. It's another thing to have it in here to share it to the world. Let Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. Search the world, but it couldn't fill me. A man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. To show you my weakness, yes, I got a lot. My failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountain, cause the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. Is the God of the valley. There's not a place. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me
sister pray this morning. Amen. Amado Padre, realmente no hay nada, nada hay mejor que tú, Señor. Gracias por tenernos en esta iglesia, Señor, en esta congregación nazarena, Señor, donde todos en amor en adoración y alabanza te decimos, no hay nada mejor que tú, Señor. Gracias por ser, dejarnos ser parte y tener el privilegio de ser nazarenos. Gracias, bendícenos en esta mañana. Bendice tu palabra, Señor, que viene, que viene fresca a los corazones que están dispuestos a recibirlo. A esas mentes abiertas, Señor, que hoy se sacuden de toda aflicción, de todo compromiso y solo están atentos a ti, Señor, porque no hay nada mejor que tu Padre. Bendícenos en esta mañana, en el nombre de Jesús. Yes, present, present Lord, you are so precious to us, and truly there is nothing better than you. Fill this place, Lord, with your Holy Spirit as only you can. How thankful we are that by your grace, all of us can have Jesus. All we have to do is ask you to come into our heart. And Lord, this morning, how thankful we are that you have preachers that you've prepared to share words with us. And so this morning, we would thank you for our preachers. Thank you, Lord, that we have an ear to hear what you would say through them. And Lord, we thank you, too, for the blood of Christ that covers us all this morning. And so we pray, come in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, there's nothing better than you oh there's nothing better than you oh there's nothing nothing is better than you heavenly father i say there is nothing better than you oh there's nothing better allow the spirit of the Lord to come into your space right now come into this place Lord is already preparing hearts right now Dear Lord, we pray right now for every family, every mother, father, daughter, son, grandparent, uncle, or aunt in this place. We pray for our children. Pray for our teens. We pray for Matt. Go before him. Speak before him. Again, let me say it again. May it not be our words, but your words through his mouth. The blood of Christ over what you have prepared. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 You may be seated, church. Thank you.
Thank you, musicians and singers. We so appreciate you this morning. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Yes. So we have, uh, we have the three D's here at our church. Can somebody tell me what that is? That's right. Discipleship, dedication, and duplication. Um, sometimes it takes a little bit to get going like anything in life, but discipleship, right? Jesus said, come and follow me. Discipleship, it's going to take dedication. It's going to take phone calls. It's going to take time uh, together and then duplication. Then it's someone now who's just been discipled through dedication, duplicating what just happened to them. Can somebody say amen? And I just want to give God all the praise and glory as my pastor discipled me. I had the honor and privilege and we're still working and discipling Matt. And if you would have known Matt when he first came into the church, again, I don't mean to say that, I, I, that came out the wrong way. <laughs> that came off wrong. I was going somewhere. <laughs> Matt's a good guy. He was a good guy and is a good guy. But you have to understand, Matt grew up in church and he became an atheist. And didn't just want boring, dead religion. He wanted something that was real. And Amanda had the discernment and the, 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 the knowledge to know that, you know what? When they came up in here, not because of me, not because of you, but because of God, his presence was here. And they said, this is home. Amen. And from that, discipleship, dedication, duplication, it's been an amazing time. And this is just the beginning. So please, without further ado, can you help me give Mr. Matt Freeze a hand as he takes the stage? Amen. Thank you. Good morning, church. I am so honored. Good morning. I'm so honored to be able to stand up here again and preach God's word to you. The title of the sermon today is Be the Church, but this is not an outlier. It would probably better be titled One Part Three. Uh, I just didn't have the licensing to do that. <laughs> so, we are continuing into our one series that Pastor Carlos has been preaching for a couple of weeks, and I am bringing this in. So, if we remember back to the last few weeks, we've been kind of camped out in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. This isn't going to be on the screen, but I'm going to give a quick rundown. Verses 11 and 12 say, Christ gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints with the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. So today we're going to be talking about the work of the ministry, the building up of the body of Christ and the gifts that God has given us to do that. We are going to be talking about God's calling in your life and the way that you react to it. We're starting in Exodus chapter 4. And we're going to be going to from verses 1 through 17, so hold on, it is a decent chunk. <laughs> now, Exodus chapter 4, the beginning of this, is halfway through a conversation between Moses and God. If you guys know the burning bush moment, we're about halfway through. So Moses has found a bush that is burning but will not consume. He gets curious, he goes up, it turns out it's God talking to him through it. And God says, go to Egypt and liberate the people of Israel and we have Moses kind of backing off of it two different times at the end of chapter 3, which we will get into. But as we enter chapter 4, we are halfway through a conversation. Chapter 4, verse 1. Then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe the, the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. 
Then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground, and the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. But Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, oh, my Lord, please some, send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand this staff with which you shall do the signs. This is the word of God. To really get into this, we have to understand Moses. So I'm going to put you in his shoes and then make you take them off because you're on holy ground. So... We probably know the story of Moses if you don't check out uh, The Prince of Egypt, a great 1990s animated film. <laughs> It'll clarify everything. I'm kidding. Read the first three chapters of this book. <laughs> so Moses is born as an Israelite in a time when the Egyptians are killing Israelite boys. So his mom puts him in a basket, sends him up the Nile, and he gets adopted into the royal family because he's found by the Pharaoh's daughter. So he grows up as an Egyptian prince. And later in his life, he sees the Egyptians who have enslaved the Israelites abusing an Israelite, and he kills the Egyptian. So you could say this is kind of the start of his calling to liberate Israel from Egypt. He just does it on his own. So he runs to the Israelites, he's hoping to be hidden there, and the implication is that they were going to turn, turn on him, call him out as a murderer, so he flees for his life. He leaves all of the riches, all of the power, everything he's ever had, and he drops it, and he runs into the wilderness, and he becomes a shepherd. And he has been a shepherd now for many years, he has a flock, and this is where he comes up to a burning bush, and God approaches him and says, it is time for you to go liberate the people of Israel. I have heard their cries. And what we skipped in here is Moses' first two denials of this. The first thing he says is, who am I? Why would you send me? I'm nobody. I'm just a shepherd now who hasn't been to Egypt in a long time. And God responds with, I will be with you. And so he says, okay, so let's say I go out there, you're with me. Who am I going to say is sending me? They're, they're, who am I going to say to this? And the Lord reveals his perfect name. I am who I am. Which means not I was, not I will be, but I always am. And when you counter that in with I will be with you and I always am, you have something that is more powerful than anything you could find. So Moses goes, okay, you'll be with me. I have your name. And this is where we started reading. He says, they're not going to listen to me. If I tell them you sent me, they're, uh, why would they listen to that? So God says, okay, here's some signs and wonders so that they know that I am sending you. And he goes, okay, so... We're breaking it down again. Uh, you're going to be with me. Uh, I, I know who sent me. They'll believe that you sent me, but you don't want me to do this. I'm not, I don't speak good. 
Words, no goodly me, I can't do this. And so God says, who made your mouth? But then he gives another promise, I will be with your mouth. And finally, we get to the real complaint. And Moses says, can't you send somebody else? (laughs) Come on. This is the first time that God's anger is kindled. Notice that through all of the objections that Moses says, God just gives him an answer. I'm with you. I'm with your mouth. Here's a sign. It's when Moses says, could somebody else do it? That God has anger. But then God still gives him a solution. Take Aaron with you, and I will be with his mouth, and I will be with your mouth. There are so many sermons that I could preach from this text. But what we're looking at today is God's calling on your life and your response to it. So we're going to draw out a few points from this text on what that looks like. And number one is that God's calling may be uncomfortable or scary. We serve a loving God. We serve a nurturing God. We serve a compassionate God. We do not serve a tame God. What did he ask Moses to do? Leave your flock. And I know that this sounds scary enough when we think about it, like, oh man, that's how Moses makes money. But if you leave your flock as a shepherd, you don't leave your livelihood only, you leave your capital. That's all of his money, is wrapped up in sheep. If you leave them, you not only don't have a way to make money, you're not bringing any with you. He says, leave it all. Go back to the land that you fled from. You ran away for your life, go on back. I'll give you a a tool that will help you, but even that's scary. When Moses throws down the staff, he runs from the snake. This is not like the most comforting tool that you could imagine. And you have a discomfort with speaking. So I want you to go to the most powerful man in the world. I want you to go to the Pharaoh of Egypt and say, I need you to let my people leave. That's uncomfortable and it's scary. And so the question that I want to draw on you guys today is how often do we avoid doing what God asks because it is uncomfortable? Even easy stuff. How often do we not greet somebody at this church that we don't know? That is not rescuing people from Egypt. (laughs) How often do we skip out on volunteering for something because we're afraid we're going to mess it up? There's discomfort and there's fear in our lives, and it prevents us from doing what God has asked. So number one, to keep in mind from this passage, God's calling maybe, and I probably should have changed that to will likely be, (laughs) scary and uncomfortable. But number two, this is a little out of order of the story, but we have each other for support. God gave Aaron to Moses as a support for the skills that he had not yet developed. Aaron is a good speaker. Moses is not. So Aaron is going to come alongside of Moses and help him through this process. We have a church body full of people with a variety of skills and abilities. If there is something you are lacking in, somebody at this church is probably really good at it. And if there's something that you feel pretty good at, there is somebody at this church who is better. We need to rely on each other and join together to support each other. And the third and the most important is that God is with us. Thank you. Moses has five objections. He says, who am I to do this? Uh, Who will I say is sending me? They won't listen to me. I'm not eloquent. Send somebody else. For they won't listen to me, he gives him some signs. For who is sending me, he reveals his name. For every other one, God's response is not, don't worry, you can do it. 
It is, I will be with you. Your mouth isn't good. I will be with your mouth. You're bringing Aaron. I will be with Aaron's mouth. I will be with your mouth. Who are you? Who cares? I will be with you. Now, this is more true for Christians than it was for Moses. As Jesus leaves the end of Matthew in Matthew 28, he says, I am with you always until the end of the age. Not I am with you right now, but in 40 days. I'm with you always. And he has sent the Holy Spirit as a helper who dwells within us. We have God dwelling. Paul says, do not sin with your body, for your body is a temple to the Holy Spirit. He is with us through everything that he asks us to do, through everything that is scary and uncomfortable. So we're going to work through this on how we can actually apply it into our lives by going over what I would assume are common objections. <laughs> so get ready. I'm going to knock down hopefully everything that you're objecting to so far. <laughs> Number one, a fairly obvious one. Uh, but wait, I'm not Moses. <laughs> I don't have a burning bush moment. <laughs> That's right. You are not Moses. Lucky you. You are not being called to rescue the people of Israel from 400 years of slavery in Egypt. Uh, what you're asked to do is much easier. You are asked to use the gifts that God has given you to work for him and build his church. Why do we have to build the church? Because it is the body of Christ. Christ has risen bodily. He is gone from this earth in his body, but he has left us to be the literal hands and feet of his ministry. We are his mouth. When we speak to people about Christ, it should be as if Christ is calling them himself. That's what you're called to do. And not on your own merit, not on what you have to offer God, but on, based on the gifts that he has given you. So your task is easier than Moses. And number two, your encounter is more meaningful. Moses goes and rescues the people from Israel. That's kind of an understatement. God rescues the people of Israel, and he uses Moses to help accomplish that. Then they go to Mount Sinai, and the first thing that Moses has to do, essentially, is build a tabernacle so that God's presence can be with the people of Israel. Do you realize that one person got to enter the Holy of Holies once a year in the tabernacle? Because that's where God dwelt? Where does God dwell now? In us. We are his temple. Not just individually, but as a collective, as a church. We are the temple of God. So rather than sending a representative in to talk to God on our behalf, we get to enact his will as if he was living through us because he is. So it doesn't matter that you're not Moses. You have it easier and you have it better. <laughs> Number two, I don't feel gifted or I don't know my gift. So we're going to turn real quick to 1 Peter uh, chapter 4, verse 10. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, he says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Uh, when I was in college, I had a political science professor who taught constitutional law, and he would ask questions like, Mr. Freeze, what does all mean? <laughs> because laws often say things like all people. You have to go, does it mean most? Does it mean some? When he says, as each has received a gift, it does not say, as most believers have received a gift. It doesn't say, as Pastor Carlos has received a gift. As each. When you give your life to Christ, you are given a supernatural talent. 
And by supernatural, I mean that it is not built through the normal processes of work. It is delivered by God to you. Each has received a gift. And why have we received this gift? To use it to serve one another. Very countercultural. What do we tell every young person nowadays? Find what you love to do and figure out how to make a living at it. Then you never work a day in your life. This is different. This does not say each has received a gift, let it benefit him. It says each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. That means that our gifts are representative of God's grace on earth and all of the variety that it has. And our calling is not to use it for our own abilities, our own growth, anything. We are to use it, we are to steward it, to serve one another. Now note that this does not say do whatever you feel most comfortable doing. That is your gift. (laughs) Um, If you don't know what your gift is, there are quizzes you can take online. Amanda and I just had the youth group do it. But those quizzes are often, what do you like the most? That's not necessarily the case. You will know your gift based on the fruit that it produces. Pastor Carlos, I have heard say more than once that he does not have a longing desire to stand up in front of large groups of people and talk. That wouldn't probably be the spiritual gift that comes up on his list. But he has a gift, a gift to draw people to Christ, to call them to repent, to gather us as a church, to strengthen us. And so he uses that gift because it's not about his will and what is he's comfortable doing. It is what God has given him and his proper use of it. Do you steward properly what God has given you? So if you don't feel gifted or you don't know your gift, you are gifted. Go find your gift by trying different things. See what bears fruit, and then you will know that that is what God has created for you, that that is what he has placed his hand on. So those are the two main ones, right? Those aren't the main ones. (laughs) Just like Moses, we saved the real one for last. And the real objection is, it's hard, it costs too much, or I'm scared. Jesus Christ, the eternal, co-equal Son of God, emptied himself of his glory and lived as a human being, a sinless, perfect life. And then in the Garden of Gethsemane, fearfully cried out to God, if it be possible, take this cup. But unlike Moses, who said, send somebody else, he ends that cry with, but not my will, but yours. And when there was no other way to rescue you and me from the bondage and slavery of sin and death, he willingly took the cross. He took the wrath of God so that all who repent and believe in him may be saved. Martin Heidegger was a German philosopher who once said that human beings have uh, kind of a leg up on the gods because we understand what it means to fear death. We have a ticking clock in us and that creates a drive. And so we actually have something that the gods can't comprehend. That's not true for us, is it? We serve a God who knows what it means to fulfill an action even when it costs a lot. We serve a God who knows what it is to fulfill a job that is hard, and we, know, we serve a God who knows what it means to push through with a mission when he's scared. 
And just like Moses in the desert, he is with you. Because after Jesus Christ rose from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the Father, he sent us the Holy Spirit to dwell with us, to help us. In his book, Letters to the Church, Francis Chan says, it is not enough to be a part of a church. We must be the church. So I'm going to separate this out for you. If you come to our services and you come to our events, you are a part of this church. And make no mistake about it, we love that you are a part of the church. We want you to be a part of the church and we welcome you in it. But if you want to move from being part of the church to being the church, you have to move from the position of receiving the spiritual gifts of others to giving them to others. If you sit here week after week and you hear Pastor Carlos preach and you receive his gift, we're thrilled. But that is not enough. We are calling you to go use your gift to bless others. That changes a whole mindset. When you walk into this building, do you walk in and say, I hope the sermon is good and I hope it moves me? Do you say, I hope the worship is upbeat and I hope I can really feel good about it? Or do you say, I hope I can bless somebody today? I hope I can reach out and touch a member of my church, of my family, and bless them with the gift that I didn't earn, but that God has given me. So this is my urging for you today. Take a step forward in your walk with Christ. If you don't know him, surrender your life to him completely. Not on your terms, on his. If you do know him and you're looking for a church, come be a part of this one. We would love to have you. If you're part of our church, but you aren't being the church, use your gifts to help. Find somebody who runs a ministry. Find Miss Jane, Amanda, or myself, Miss Jeannie. Go talk to Pastor Carlos and just simply say, how can I help? What can I do? What gifts can I provide here? And finally, if you are using your gifts in the church, disciple others. Discipleship, dedication, and duplication are the lifeblood of what we do here. Your job is not to do whatever you are doing for perpetuity. It is to train somebody else to do it. Let them take that and then you go take another role. So that's what I'm urging everybody to do. Find your gift. God has given you one. Use it. Be a good steward and use it to build Christ's church here on earth. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful that you have gifted us, not just with the opportunity of eternal life, but with abilities to work for you. We thank you for seeking this very imperfect partnership that you would use us to grow your body. We just ask that we would know that you are with us, that we would be able to walk in fear and discomfort and do what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Wow. I don't just want to come to church. I want to be part of the church. I want to serve in the church. Uh, Matt and Amanda, we so appreciate you guys, your heart, your love for the ministry, for people. You know what's so amazing about Matt is I've worked with a lot of people in my ministry during the years. And when you got to talk to Matt, whether it's good or bad, he receives it with a good heart. And we move forward. That's a hard thing to find these days. Matt, I so appreciate you. Can we give him another hand? Thank you. Wow.
Discipleship, dedication, duplication. And I just want to say, too, it's really cool, you know. <laughs> it cracks me up sometimes because, you know, but I can't remember the last time I was in any church and just hear the kids saying amen. <laughs> you guys were supposed to say it there, but it's okay. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing, guys. That's a beautiful thing. God's doing something in our church, and it's the kids that one day is going to take over this church if God tarry and do something greater than we've ever even imagined. And he's doing that right now. Can we all stand to our feet? Amen. Be the church. One, part three. Next week, I encourage you to come. It'll be the last part of the series. Somebody say one. 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 It'll be the last part of the series. One. No, I'm not going to be making any food. Um, but I'm telling you what, get the recipe. Who liked that salmon with the avocado and the lemon? Yeah? I'm telling you. It's really good. I was like, man, I should have put that on Facebook. But it's okay. Put it in church is better. Let's bow our heads this morning. Let's pray. Let's ask God to uh, be with us this week. And we just thank him for everything. Brother, uh, let's see here. Pastor Pepe, could you please come and close us this morning as we dismiss and bless each and every one of us. Thank you. Señor amado Padre, qué mensaje muy bueno, Señor. Esta es tu casa, esta es nuestra iglesia, Señor. Sabemos que la, que la mies es grande, los obreros son pocos. Señor, aquí estamos nosotros. Utilízanos, que permite que nuestros dones que tú nos has dado como regalo, Señor, sean invertidos en la iglesia para atraer a las personas que están perdidas en el mundo para que tu, el reino tuyo, Señor, se expanda a todo el mundo. Bendícenos en esta mañana. Gracias por tu palabra y que tengamos un día de alabanza hacia ti como todos los días, Señor. Bendícenos en el nombre de tu Hijo Jesús. Oramos. Amén.